for the benefit of those with flash photography. Yes, 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 yes. We are back. We are back on track. We are back on Thursdays. This is DreamWork. I am Colin Delaney. My tag team partner's name is Cheech. You'll hear his voice later. But yes, this is DreamWork. This is a podcast about tag team wrestling. And every week it's about a specific tag team. We watch them, we break them down, and we talk about what makes them great. Because that's what we love. Tag team wrestling. And this week is, uh, I guess, a bit of a curveball if you're more of a mainstream wrestling fan. But as we discussed last week, uh, the WWE Network has moved over to Peacock, and it doesn't yet have everything, and it's not yet on Fire Stick. And I'm not getting it till it's on Fire Stick, because if I can't watch Peacock on my TV, I'm not signing up so I can watch WWE Network on my phone. That is for sure. But anyways, this week we watched... The Backseat Boys, a super important tag team in the early 2000s. Back then, man, they were cooler than cool. Like, nobody was cooler than the Backseat Boys. They were cooler than Freddie Jackson sipping a milkshake. You know, uh, if you're unfamiliar, uh, like normally when we do a a non-mainstream team, I I, I urge you to go seek them out. Go check out some Backseat Boys matches if you've never seen them. Uh, Pop on. There's a bunch on YouTube, but there's also some on IWTV, a lot of old CZW stuff and Jersey All-Pro stuff. Uh, If you're unfamiliar with IWTV, uh, Google it. Check it out. You can sign up. Uh, I don't have a promo code. I, I, I've said this before. I don't have one. Uh, you can use the promo code ABSOLUTE. Uh, and I think that gets you something. Um, that's the AIW promo code. And AIW is like my home. So if it helps them out, it helps me out. And uh, it'll help you guys check out some Backseat Boys. So listen to this. And then go check out Trent Acid and Johnny Cashmere, the Backseat Boys. <laughs> Woo, buddy. What's up, pal? Someday, I'm going to be saying the words back in my day, and this era is exactly what I'm going to be talking about. <laughs> you damn right. Back in my day. So when we did the, it, it felt very SATs to me, if, uh, but it's like the era, uh, they kind of overlap, but it's like just after the SAT era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get they they get to ride a, a little bit of a bigger wave. So this is like, yes, I started wrestling in like uh 03 and they are hottest in like 0203. So I was like, man, this is like I this is vivid for me. Oh yeah. Um well, we are talking about this week's team. We're talking about the backseat boys, we're talking about Johnny Cashmere and Trent Acid, who uh I fall into the exact same um uh, era you do basically because uh, not only did I show you that I had a best of the Backseat Boys uh, I also then found I had uh, there's a best of Backseat Boys volume 2 that I had and I was also watching Backseat Boys shoot interview. I am I am very excited for you to get to what matches you watched because uh, if you dug into VHS's I'm sure there's some wacky gems Oh, we'll get into it. There's an odd, weird coincidence that it may be maybe disappointing for you then. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm I am interested in that. Uh I should note that I have wrestled the backseat boys. Yes, you have. I saw that. I was looking, I was trying to look up their stuff, and I definitely saw the Olsen twins in there. And that match is on IWTV, and I did not watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I did not either. Yeah, I uh the the two I almost watched the other uh, UPW match because it's against Sterling James Keenan and Madden Fisher, aka Jerk Jackson, aka Bobby Fish. Yeah, so I was like, man, that one's probably real wacky. But I I, I neglected either of those. I understand. All right, let's uh, let's let's get into our preliminary thoughts. This 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 was a this was a Colin choice this week. 
Yes, it was. And uh, I was excited. Like, I knew it was a team we would get to. So I was just excited because I, I would I probably in my mind, if I guessed, I would have assumed I would have brought them up eventually. But the fact that you brought, I was like, I was surprised, but not not in a bad way, because we would have gotten to them eventually. Like we've already said, we were obviously huge fans. <laughs> So we, yeah, as we discussed on last week's podcast, with the network transitioning over to Peacock uh, and, and the unsuredness of uh, full availability, I, I tried to think of possibly an independent team that uh, would have a decent amount on IWTV that we could dig into. And I just started, I was like, oh man, Backseats did Jersey All-Pro, they did CZW, they did ICW, they did a lot of those indies. So I was like, I bet you a ton of that stuff is on uh, IWTV. And I also have Honor Club, so I was like, and they had a, uh, they had a, a decent run in Ring of Honor, so hopefully there's some of that stuff out there. So I've, I, I chose them, uh, uh, once again, I also knew we'd get to them, but I just thought with the network going away, it might be a good time to, to pull a team like this while we wait for uh, wait for the network to kind of catch up. And with that going on, I had already been kind of not anticipating, but I had just been, I had my tapes out. I had my DVD VHS combo player had been running hot anyway in the pandemic uh, while we've been in lockdown and things like that. So I've kind of been already ready to go. And then, yeah, I, I <laughs> like when you brought up, I was like, wait, I, I was like, all right, I know I had the shoot interview. And then I was like, all right, I think I have a best of. And then <laughs> I literally, I think it was, was it yesterday? I was just looking and I was like, holy crap, there's another one and I have it. I was like, oh crap. I do that sucker right in. Yeah. Uh, after I texted Cheech that Backseat Boys was who I was thinking, he sends me a picture message of just the VHS best of Backseat Boys. Yeah, I was ready to go. And then, oh, man, you should have been here when I found the second one. I was like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So let's 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 get down on their championships and accomplishments. Go for it. All right. So they are four time CZW Tag Team Champions. All right. They are two time Jersey All Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champions. Hmm. Uh, one time ECWA Tag Team Champions. And one-time Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Yeah. Okay, see, that's the other thing, people. You need to also realize and contextualize. Um, this was a very certain indie era where ECW had just died and people were looking to the indies and stuff. And But it was very much this spread out all over. But the Northeast was a hotbed. And me and Colin both being from the Northeast, we were following all these places. So like some people who maybe not from the Northeast, this might be a little weird, but yeah, they definitely were. So if you look at that, they were champions in, in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and then ROH is basically ROH. Then you're covering New York, Boston, uh, or Massachusetts. You know what I mean? Like they, so maybe not known the whole but they definitely even like they were they got down to Florida and things. I'm just saying like it might be an odd choice when you talk about like oh they were basically champions in the Northeast. But you're like no no you got to think about it at a very specific time in wrestling. Right, and also the like uh, CZW was super hot when they were tag champs. Jersey All Pro super hot. ECWA that's where the Super Eight is from, and the Super Eight was like in its heyday back then. So a lot of eyes on that. And Ring of Honor, it, it, this is. They're like the third or fourth ever Ring of Honor tag champs. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's yeah, they, it may just seem independent and whatnot, but those are that, that was a big deal in early two thousands. Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah, like we said, I mean, for in the years we're talking two thousand to like two thousand five, they were running super hot, hot as being two thousand two, two thousand three, and. And what, yeah, what helped was they were champions in these places that were super hot. Like, it was so cool to go back and look at those uh, EC, the CZW shows in the ECW arena when it's packed and the place is going nuts and the Backseat Boys are the coolest guys. You know what I mean? Like, that was like, oh, it was just an amazing era. Like, seeing, like, the smoke-filled ECW arena, not necessarily from, like, cigarettes and stuff. Even though I remember going to shows and being a New Yorker and being like, Oh, we're in Pennsylvania. You could still smoke indoors at at that time, I believe. 
Yeah, there was a building that Chikara used to run where from the ring you could see a bar where people were smoking. So they were essentially smoking in the same room that we were wrestling in. Yeah, I just remember we, we did – it was an early ROH show, and I was with DeVito, and we were somewhere, and we saw someone smoking indoors, and us being from New York, we're like, hey, wait a minute. And we're like, oh, wait. Yeah, that's still kind of a new thing. It's not in every state yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, all right, let's get down to the matches that we watched. I think I got like eight or nine total. Uh, oh, you had got more, of course. Yeah. You had two volumes of best of to go through, so I, I I feel like you you probably had more. So let me let me run down mine first. Okay, go for it. I watched a Nick Mondo and Rick Blade match. Uh, I watched uh, a an insane dragon and Dixie match. I watched a match of them against Danny Doring and Chris Chetty. I watched them against York and Matthews. I watched them against the Ballard Brothers. I watched them against M Dog Twenty and Josh Prohibition. I watched them against Sanjay Dutt and Ruckus. I watched them against the Briscoes. And I watched them against the Hit Squad and Special K. Okay. All right. I'll go through mine. Because mine went in different phases. Like, I did, like, as much as I could do on YouTube. Then I did VHSs and then VHSs and then other things I could scrounge up off the VHSs. So, I had, uh, first, I had uh, a match versus Mike Sullivan and Scoot Andrews from IPW Hardcore in Florida. A match versus the Outcast Killers from Ballpark Brawl number four. A York and Matthews from uh, MCW, which was a MySpace exclusive match. Oh, yeah. Uh, Doring and Chetty match, which was the same one. I believe that one is, I think that was another, like, either a Florida one or uh, an M Dog and a Josh Prohibition from CZW High Stakes in 02. Uh, Youth Gone Wild, same one, Jersey All Pro, uh, is Insane Dragon and Dixie. Uh, a Men's Tail and June Kasai from Big Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Hate Club versus A Red and Mark Briscoe in CZW. And M Dog 20 and Nick Mondo in CZW. A uh, Briscoe's in CZW. And SAT in, I couldn't tell. My best guess looking at it would be, I think it was an NWA cyberspace show. I know it was in Jersey somewhere. That was off the tape, so it was somewhere RF video film stuff. Then there was a Special K and Hit Squad uh, in ROH, a Dunn and Marcos from ROH, a Bladed Mondo from CZW, and then another Special K, which is the team of Jody Fleisch and Slim J in ROH. And that was where I ended off, because I remember that one. I was like, oh, I know there's a big stupid scaffold moonsault, and there definitely was. Oh, yeah. So uh, surprisingly, Honor Club like the only backseat boys match on honor club is the briscoes match from oh four yeah i was gonna say i wonder because i knew you had access to it but i didn't know what they had up i luckily have a few vhs tapes that um like i i have like a weird array in like this time of like oh two to oh three stuff so I got some on there, and then here's where I really lucked out. The second volume of the best of Backseat Boys Dream Sequence um, has a bunch of ROH footage on it. So that's where I was able to get most of that. Yeah, I, I when I was looking through the results, I was like, oh, a lot of these matches seem like they're fun. I, I can't wait to check these out. And then I go on Honor Club, and I'm like, oh, man, really? This is it? Ah. But, okay, the one thing I wanted to mention is I knew we had a lot of overlapping because, and this is going to go way back for people who aren't aware, who, 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 who think it's only cool, these streaming wars that are going on between independent companies and stuff. The reason why a lot of the stuff that was on the RF video best of is the same stuff that's on Jerry TV, a.k.a. IWTV.com, is because back in the day, all these independents had both RF video and smart mark were taping. So it's funny because a lot of the matches I was watching were just different camera angles than what's on IWTV stuff. Oh, that's funny. So like I watched the same matches like, okay, I guarantee you the insane dragon, a uh, Dixie match you watched was from a different angle than I watched. <laughs> that's great. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching it and I was just like, I remember because I looked at the stuff that was on IWTV and then I was watching the stuff on the tapes and I go, oh, it's all the same matches. And I go, oh, yeah, this was this was at a time where, you know, the indies were a new thing and filming was like 
kind of like this odd thing where like promotions were no longer doing it in-house and really, you know, crappy. They're finally getting outsourced to either Smart Mark was filming and our video was filming. And now Smart Mark was taken over by IWTV or they merged or whatever. So I was like, wow, it's hilarious that it's all the same footage, even though you'd think you'd think watching like oh you're watching the smart mark when i'm watching a completely different other company we'd have different matches but i was like oh no there's a lot of crossover interesting the uh the first match i watched the earliest match i could find was the nick mondo rick blade match uh from czw in 2000 okay see that's the thing when you said that i was like you need to be a little more specific because there's like the super early ones then there were the ones where they started using um, weapons and stuff. And then I watched, I think, the last one, which was the one at the arena. I think it was like Cage of Death, like five or six or something like that. Yeah, so this one's at a different weird arena uh, that I wasn't familiar with. But so, like, at one point, uh, Trent and I think... I think Trent and Nick Mondo are doing a spot on one side of the arena... And Blade and Cashmere are doing something in like a separate room of this arena, and they have to like splice it and cut in footage of Johnny Cashmere and Rick Blade doing their thing because they were doing like crazy spots with like jumping off of a uh, some kind of rooftop. Dude, the stuff. Whew, some of this stuff was crazy. <laughs> so that that early that two thousand CZW stuff. It is so ECW, like so ECW. Oh, down to all the matches have long promos in the beginning and long entrances, and I was just like, "Holy cow!" And what? And like, it starts with some some decent wrestling that spills out, and then once it spills out, it was like fun brawl. It wasn't like ultra violent CZW stuff. It was like fun brawl stuff, jumping off stuff, and like wackiness like that. I was I was like, man, this is way more fun than i remember okay see now that's weird because once again that's probably what six years before the one i saw or five or six years because the one i saw was probably oh four or five i believe uh where you talk about how it's you know like okay so it seemed just like a normal match right it didn't get any it didn't get too wacky other than they split off and did stuff yeah, yeah, it, yeah. They didn't. Uh, it, it split off. They jumped off some things. They there was like a crazy swanton off a scaffold, and Johnny Cashmere does a, like a uh, like a twisting dive, Probably. like a he just twirls off of like a this rooftop inside this arena. Yeah, they. That's the other thing. This is also an well, it's an era, and it's also in a company where it's like, oh yeah, there's just tables and jumping off things readily available at whenever there's ladders and chairs whenever yeah but and that's very ecw you know like czw czw kind of quickly i don't want to say gets away from it but they get a little too crazy for their own good pretty quick but like it's still in 2000 had that super ecw feel oh absolutely uh so uh that's I, I watched that one, and then I watched the Izzy and Dixie match from Jersey All-Pro. That's what I texted you. I was like, man, I'm already having so much fun with this. <laughs> okay, now here's the contrast. The Blade and Mondo I watched, oh boy. Like, literally, like, the first four minutes are, I literally wrote, the spottiest spot, 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 spot fest of spotty spot festness. Yeah, uh... This one, like, it's ridiculous. It's like duck two elbows on the third catch, spin around. I'm gonna kick you in the gut, kick you in the face. Then you duck. Now I catch. Then we yell. Then we both kick at the same time, but we both catch it and yada yada. Then we tag. And I was just like, oh, my. and it's and you could tell it looks a little ballet-ish. And I'm just like, I caramba. They learned that, like, you know what I mean. You, so you could tell that, like, in 2000, they were like, okay, we'll just wrestle. But like, I definitely saw it too. Like, they progressed from being, well. They always had it in them. It just depended where they were at. But, like, by the time they got to, like, that match with Blade and Mondo, I was just like, oh, they definitely got, you know, the scramble match spot fest du jour, which was of the day, the thing. No, in, like, two, they did it. in 2000, this match opens with Rick Blade and Johnny Cashmere doing a back and forth open that I was like, holy smokes. It's a little ballet-ish, but I was like, I didn't realize guys were doing this in 2000. 
Oh, yeah. No, that was the thing I watched on a lot of these. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot how crazy opens used to be in the 2000s. It was Yeah, it was like crazy open with those two. And uh, uh, they, they was a point in that match where it was like a waterfall. Like one guy hits a move, next guy hits a move, next guy hits a move, next guy hits a move. And I think each of the four moves, they were all inventing those moves on the spot. Okay, not that they were inventing them, but all their moves definitely all had some weird twist to them. Especially like Johnny Cashmere had like, it was like, he had the cradle breaker for a while, but then he also had that other like kind of 2K bomb, but not really type gimmick. And then Trent was always throwing Yakuza's. And then, oh my God, some of the stuff Mondo came up with, like whenever it got really wacky, I was like, oh, this just has to be Mondo with his like art school. Like, no, 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 it would totally make sense that I would put myself in the tree of woe so that when you come to drop kick me, I'll get up, you'll crotch yourself, but then I'll lean back and I'll grab your head. So it's kind of like I got you in like a, a submission. And like, I think he had like, like, I think M-Dog did it, but I remember just watching it. I was like, I've never seen M-Dog do that ever. And it was just like, and then after watching enough Mondo matches, I was like, he's got the very weird style. So like you saw some double teams and I was just like, that could only come from the insane mind of Nick Mondo. You may know better than I. What happened to Rick Blade? He kept breaking things. He kept jumping off high things. Oh, uh, I guess that makes sense. Because uh, I, I, I went on his cage match too. By the way, he is very poorly rated on cage match as a professional wrestler. Did you see his kicks? I, he was doing some cool stuff. I was like, man, what happened to Rick Blade? You'd think that guy would have had a little bit more of a run. I almost just said something, but I won't. <laughs> I almost compared him. I've compared him to someone. I'll put that. Oh, no, actually, you know what? I will put the comparison out. Because, like, when he came back and was swole, I was like, yeah, he reminded me, like, AR, like, he walked so AR Fox could run in doing crazy shit as the arena. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. Part of me was like, did Rick Blade die or something? Did I miss it? But he just, like, stopped wrestling in, like, 04, 05. Yeah, literally, I think it was he kept jumping off either off like the big rider trucks or the roofs. And every time you do the swan ton, he would then flip and like break his ankle. Mm, that makes sense. Okay, I have a question. What's up? Did you get the Cheech diving spear from Johnny Cashmere? No, Scott lost, brother. Oh, uh, I saw Johnny Cashmere do it a couple times. I was like, ooh, interesting. This Here's Johnny Cashmere doing this bird in 2000. Is that where Cheech snagged this thing from? No, 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 no. And I remember uh, when I did the Tag World Grand Prix gimmick thing and I was wrestling Scott Lost, they go, okay, I totally took that from you, so I'm going to try it, but you counter and you hit it because you hit it way better. And he was like, <laughs> I respect that. Because I was like, I made no bones about it. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because literally, I remember just watching clips and literally just trying it in practice, just screwing around with Cloudy training up in like Albany. And people were like, that looks good. Just do it. I go, all right, I guess. Uh, but okay, which to this question okay here's my question did the Olsons do the backseat driver because of the backseat boys no i didn't think so because a lot of people kind of did it but i was like I, it, it made sense but it also didn't make sense so i was dying to know no we and we also had a move where we would do like the hip toss catch and then the the toss up but no we i didn't even i don't think i was that well versed in backseat boys at the time when we were coming up that i really would have even noticed by the way i love the i i love that that movie is called the backseat driver oh yeah it's so cool <laughs> cracks me up so that first match i watched from 2000 like it's super weird because the backseats come out to limp biscuit oh really and they don't do a i don't think they even do a t gimmick in that match there's no dream sequence in that match i was like man this is really weird this is like they're they're babies here but they still had that swag they still had that charisma they still had that whatever you know it it, it was there from day one. Oh no definitely uh one of the things i liked um i didn't really watch them because i had seen them before and it was more just uh a lot of the best of or at least the first volume had a lot of their uh what was it pwf it was carino's promotion out in like out in like lancaster pa and stuff like that yeah. And it was cool because they were also doing the same thing they were doing at Donnie B's promotion where they would come out to the actual Backstreet Boys music and kind of play like that, like that they were Backstreet Boys, but they just had a different name. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's, what the, that's where the Doring and Chetty matches from, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, Doring and Chetty, yeah, yeah. 
That's from Donnie B's promotion. But yeah, so then, so the I watched in 2000, and then in, in 01 is where the Izzy and Dixie match comes up. By the way, I never saw Dixie in a singlet. I was only familiar with Dixie from Special <laughs> K, and I was like, what is this singlet? I was going to say, because you you're calling him Dixie when technically he's Little Dixie, and you keep calling him Izzy when he's the insane dragon after he was f- first known as the Blue Dragon. Yeah, the youth gone wild. Uh, and from 2000 to 2001, at this point, they've got the Midnight Express theme. They do the dream sequence. They used the T gimmick during the heat, which was weird. But I was like, all right, here now we're now we're getting into like this is and they both look good in a one. Okay, here's the thing. That the T gimmick they hit in that youth gone wild, my eye spies uh I think that's the first time they've ever done it. Cause you could also hear, and you know, we're, we're guilty of it as well. You can just hear Trent going, and one, two, three, bump. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I was like, oh, it looks like they're definitely trying this. Like they've only practiced this. It might have been like the first match they did it or something. So because you potentially watched that somewhere else, did you have Rock and Rebel pop into commentary on yours? No, see that's the problem. A lot of the R video is just is just crowd. There's no commentary. Uh, Rock and Rebel pops into commentary on that just to tell everyone that he's now a white supremacist because that was oh. <laughs> the angle that they were running with Skinhead Ivan or whatever. But he literally pops onto commentary and just basically just to tell everyone he's now a white supremacist. I'm okay with it because commentary in this era is coverage. Except, oh wait, where was it? Um, somewhere in a match, what was it? Oh, M Dog does the flagpole gimmick, and John House. Yeah, we're going deep here. We're going CZW commentary team of John House and Eric Gargiulo. John House goes, "Oh my God, I've never seen that before." You know, a classic commentator trope. And Eric Gargiulo has a um, aneurysm, or at least that's how I pictured it going. Like. He did it two weeks ago in Westchester. You saw him do it. And just like calls him out. And I lost my shit. I go, it's about fucking time. I love Eric Arjula is the weirdest commentator because he has so much like credibility and something like that. But then he'll say something whacking. You're just like, all right. He's just, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, I caught that one too. That was pretty good. Uh, a, a, a backseat boy spot that me and Jimmy definitely did is do do spin point. Uh, I liked it because once again, you know me in evolution. First, he was starting as that, and then they like get cut off. Then they turned it into that to the back kicks to the grab each other's hand, pull each other to the clotheslines. Then even by the end, it was that to another corner spot where then the the opponents would get up on them. I was like, I like it. It got bigger and bigger and bigger. That's one thing I definitely liked about their stuff. No, I, I agree. The, so the dosi do, like I saw it uh, in like the Ballard Brothers match. And then I saw it in the M Dog match. And then I saw it in the Sanjay and Ruckus match. And each time it was a little different. I was like, hell yeah, this kind of rules. Yeah, it was great. Um, <laughs> I just looked down at my notes and saw it, and I feel bad, but I'm going to say it. I'm calling them out. So I'm watching all these matches. And like, tell me you were like, tell me as you were watching, you were like, ooh, the, the opponent almost messed up the dream sequence, right? Oh, Josh Prohibition almost totally flubs it he takes the uh, after he gets the leg dropped he turns to his back and cashmere has to flip him at the last second and get that flip in to get the so the kick can come yeah uh kevin dunn shits the bed the only one who literally cashmere just gives up and just stands up and just looks pissed and then trent just keeps running and drop kicking him <laughs> man i wish i caught that ring crew express match kind of bumped i saw it on the thing and i was looking forward to it and then honor club did not provide honor club really needs to get it together and get that early stuff up there bro the dunn and marcos match is good because it's also at that time where they're really pushing like eventually dunn and marcos are going to get a win like even the hoy gabe's commentary is atrocious oh, it's uh it's, but uh i i can't it's so i atrocious yeah and i don't know if it's specifically because i know it's gabe and i know that like it's it's very disingenuous because you know that like he knows what's you know what i'm saying uh i i don't like like the more i hear him commentate the more i don't like like in the scramble matches where he's like this isn't a match for arm bars this is where you get all your stuff in and go crazy and do all your big moves i was like yo that's him just straight up talking as a booker he's like no i don't care if you can work or have psychology i was just like 
what? I could like I could just hear his commentary as rants in the locker room because I've lived through a bunch of those. And uh, yelling dangerous when a, a big move happens is was never it was never. It and um, misogyny, a lot of that going on. <laughs> yeah. Even he calls out, he's like, well, she's too young for me. I was like, yeah, we could stop talking about the one special K girl. We all know. Everybody liked her. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite Backseat Boys tropes uh, is them l- trying to leave the match. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one thing. It was pissing me off, but eventually it faded away. So I was like, okay. But yeah, there was a while there where every match started where they were going to cut a promo. They were going to be offended. And they're like, we are leaving. And then the guys would go and beat them up and brawl them back to the ring. It's so funny because I saw it like three or four times already. And then they get to the Sanjay and Ruckus match. And he tries to get on the mic and say that they're leaving, but the microphone doesn't work. So he just yells, because the microphone doesn't work, we're leaving. <laughs> okay, now, I, I don't know. Well, we'll just get into it because there's no good place to get into it. But they get into it a lot. Compromising position spots. What's the feeling on that in 2021? Yeah, uh, so... so not for nothing, but they had some creative ways to get into these things, and they had some pretty good ones. Brother, they were really good at it. Yeah, I, I honestly, uh, it's probably not the most accepted thing nowadays. But if it was, backseats had a bunch of a bunch of fun ways. Yeah, here's the thing: like I'm watching it, and as you're bringing it up now, like in my head, I was like, they do do it well. I go. If you did that today, what would happen? Yeah, I don't know. I I honestly don't. It would. It's it's definitely would depend on the person doing it and the show and the scenario for sure. Okay, I don't need. We don't need to tangent into it. But when you take into personal lives, like that's a whole other riddle in there too. Yeah, yeah. No, I agreed. <laughs> agreed. You know what I mean? Which. I think is one of the cooler parts of the story, but we don't need to go there. But like they were doing all these, like that was the one thing I really liked is because in your head, you were like, okay, backseat boys. We're going to like, I was thinking of the stuff you think of CZW of moves, 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 ladder spots, ladder spots. But it was like, Oh no, they were also loved. Like you could tell they loved to do all that Gaga where they just take moves for three minutes. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and then, uh, I don't know. So sometimes I really hate this, but when the backseats do it, I kind of like it. When they do like a big double team move or a dream sequence, uh, and then they just celebrate like it's nobody's business, I'm like, hell yeah, this kind of rules. I feel like it only works when you're super over. Like RVD could get away with it, and like they could get away with it. Like you have to be super over to get away with yeah, it. Yeah. But when they would do it, I was like, Hell yeah, I'm into. I I buy this. I'm I'm buying into what they're selling me. Uh, so okay, but you're talking about when they go off when they when you know when they go off with their moves, not necessarily where how they love to start matches with just taking and taking and the ten punches and then the ten ten punches and then, and then they take the ten turnbuckles and then they drunk monkey to the middle and they both take the flare bump and then then come all the compromising positions. Oh yeah, us. no 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 they. Uh, but it was the best because they would do that and they would take moves for three minutes and then Johnny would leapfrog and Trent would hit that missile drop kick and they acted like they won the fucking world series. It's incredible. (laughs) I loved it. I was like, yes, this is incredible. Bro. It was great. And especially, um, I assume, I don't, I don't even know if you saw, but I would have assumed you would have avoided the ballpark brawl match. So, but I had to see them versus the Outcast Killers because I was tra- I was partly, well, a good chunk of my training. They were always there. It was really DeVito, but they were always training partners. We're the Outcast Killers. So I was like, oh, let me see how this match goes. Plus, I also wanted to see how the backseats do in front of a giant crowd. So I clicked on it. I realized it was ballpark brawl and saw the, the camera view. And I was like, oh, I'm not watching this. Oh, no, no, it does get different. They do eventually, yeah, yeah. It starts off with a super distant view, and eventually yeah, it gets to, like, a normal stuff. I wasn't watching it. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely had to. I had to be like, but literally, it's classic. They take three minutes of stuff from the OCK, and here's the thing. As a man who trained with them, I know they do not 
know how to call that type of stuff. So like as I watch this match, I go, oh, this is all the backseat boys. Like the only part that the OC that the Outcast Killers called was when they go, okay, then you get a hot tag and hit all your moves. What are they, Oman? And sure enough, he hits all his moves because I know all his moves. And I was like, oh my gosh, roll my eyes because I don't know, they're horrible heels or baby faces whenever they were meant to be, or Oman was. Diablo was good, but but so what year was that? I don't know. It was ballpark brawl number four. I was trying to realize, I was trying to do the math too, because I know I was definitely at one at the ballpark with that setup, but I wasn't on, and then I was definitely on one that I was on. So, uh, and I guess this is a fine, a fine a time as any to segue into this, because uh, late era, like 04, 05, towards the end of the Backseat Boys being around, like when those UPW shows were, are it, it starts to get a little shaky. Yes. And yes, I, it does. I kind of felt like w- when I clicked on that match, I was like, oh, I bet this is like late era uh, backseats too. So it's going to be a little rocky. No, that was the thing. If anything, it was probably one of their most professional ones because it was like they had a huge crowd which bought into all the stuff in the beginning. And then eventually it was it was a real simple match. But you know what I mean? Like they took, 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 took moves all day. But you know what I mean? Nothing crazy. That was eventually later when, you know, Oman would hit all his crazy moves. But like – and then, you know, they run wild, bing, bang, boom. And then um, normal thing, you know, something Oman accidentally hits his partner and then they tee gimmick him, one, two, three. Everybody's happy. Crowd goes home happy. Doesn't Johnny have like a weird farmer's tan or something going on? Maybe, but the, and it was also towards the end when they were trying to be the backseat men. So like he had his little, he, he had longer hair. But once, it, but like that stuff may be weird. But as far as like the wrestling and the match goes, was great. Because uh, I think the Briscoes match that's on Honor Club may be one of the backseat's last matches in Ring of Honor, and they look pretty checked out. Especially Johnny looks like a hundred percent checked out at times. Oh, yeah, I could believe it because they always had weird stuff going on at that time, too, with CZW and stuff. And, like, I remember one of the matches I watched was, like, oh, they're coming in. Like, oh, we're going to work together with CZW. But then they were only in for, like, a year or two. And then after that, they did stuff. Then they kind of split. And then Trent went through his own things and yada, yada, yada. Like, yeah, it it it, it was a hell of a run. and But, like, yeah, it did have a weird end. And did you notice that on a lot of these CZ... You might not have noticed because you weren't really looking at the full cards. But did you notice that Trent was wrestling twice on a lot of these CZW shows? Oh, of course, because Zandig loved him. So do you think that that may have hurt the team to a point? Because I, I, not for nothing, I see the, uh, the, the Trent Acid, you know, uh, star power appeal. But I think... I saw them as equals. Uh, I did as well, but it's even brought up in the shoot interview. And plus I just knew it because I had seen it. I could have remembered it anyway, but I remember watching it now that like, yeah, yeah. Uh, It was funny. He said at the beginning, Zandig liked Johnny and didn't like Trent, but then eventually, but always thought Trent was a star. And then eventually it became, he liked Trent and didn't like Johnny. And then Johnny's like, he just likes me for my mind, blah, blah, blah. Cause I can, you know, I, I, I'm, I have a good head for the thing, blah, blah, blah. But he always loved Trent. He always wants to push Trent. If it was up to him, he would just push Trent. He always loves Trent, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, you can kind of see that. I wasn't sure if that had anything to do with, like, the late era sometimes looks like Johnny's checked out. Trent, like, in that Ring of Honor match with the Briscoes, Trent's still doing some crazy stuff and still kind of going hard. And Johnny does look a little checked out. They don't really do, – they didn't do Dream Sequence. They didn't do T-Gimmick. They didn't do – I was like, what is going on in this match? They, they, didn't, they didn't have the same – uh, attitude or charisma or flair to him. They were just like kind of going through the motions. And I was like, I wonder if it's because Trent was on a trajectory to do different things. And, and Johnny was just like, kind of screw this. Yeah, he definitely was. Cause yeah, he was starting, he was definitely getting like the short end of the stick in CZW for a while. And yeah, I definitely did that screwed with him. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. Cause I, I, I remember Trent being on kind of a, a bit of a push. I think he, he got a little bit of a singles push at ring of honor. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. Because, yeah, he, him and Homicide always had great matches. So they split off and had their own little side feud for a little bit. And then, yeah, it was kind of just his old thing. And then, yep, I remember he was in, like, uh, Survival of the Fittest on his own. Yeah, he was on his own for yeah, a while. It's, it's, I, used, I used to hang out with him backstage because I'm so cool. <laughs> it's so interesting, though, because, uh, yeah, like I said, all through watching this, 
when I watch them, I definitely see them as equals. I, I get the potential star power and star appeal of Trent Acid, but I, I, that does not mean that, that Johnny didn't have it. And together, they, they, I, they were best together. I don't think there's any uh, ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, and it stinks because you like in watching the shoot, you feel like Johnny's harder on himself than he should be. He's always like, he feels like, of course, like Trent does have a great body. He's always like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, get in shape, and eventually I'm gonna get in really good shape. You know, we're really gonna run, blah blah blah. And like, you could tell he wanted more, but it was just tough for him. And like, yeah, he, you could tell he, but he wasn't necessarily the Sean of the team, but he more than held his end. He was totally like a really good Marty, if anything. You know what I mean? Sure. And like, yeah, right. I mean, we did the Rockers, like. Uh, I find usually when we do these teams where there's one guy who, you know, is supposed to be the standout like the rockers, which is the, the, the old adage about it in general. Uh, usually on that team, the quote Marty is usually really, really good in the team. They're, they're called that because they don't go on to do anything solo later. Their, their solo later stuff isn't as good, but as a tag team and as a tag team partner, that other person is typically just as good in the team. And I don't know why I really liked his, uh, whatever, when he became unbreakable Johnny Cashbury, when he was just mean mugging all the time. I don't know why I thought it was, I just thought it worked off well because Trent was of course going to go be super bombastic. Right. Right. Uh, And yeah, I mean, at a point though, like in 2002, when they were like running CZW, Johnny looked just as good as Trent did. I mean, Trent had the like the solid, solid abs, but Johnny was also looking good. Had that really deep, dark tan. I don't know. I, yeah, I just uh, to to a point while watching it, I was like, man, I, I think Johnny doesn't get enough love. Oh yeah, no, I always thought that because I liked him because I just thought he was good too because he knew he had to keep up with Trent so like he always had a new wrinkle like he always had those wacky moves and he would always take the crazy bump like you'd see him take like he took a couple barbed wire bumps and stuff in his day and stuff and I was like all right yeah he would do that if need be he would be that guy who would man up if need be for the craziness and he'd let you know Trent be the star and whatnot. I kind of but uh, I kind of thought they had more matches. Um... Uh, their cage match ends at like oh five. They do, but I'm sure. I bet you a million of those are on like promotions that aren't on cage match. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure they did every Jersey and Pennsylvania place, but not all of them come up on cage match. Yeah, their last match together on cage match was like a weird PWU match with the Hate Club or something. Did you ever work PWU the the Backseat Boys promotion? I did. I did. I wrestled uh who did I wrestle? It was me it was me, Jimmy and Brody against Bobby Fish, Z Bar, and Nick Burke, I think. Oh, I did some special K matches where it was us and other special K guys or whatever. But I remember I did the bar show and like, okay, let's take a moment and just talk about let's let's mark out for a bit. Let's talk about how like if you were a teenage dude or in your twenties, how you thought the backseat boys were the coolest motherfuckers. Like you know what I mean? They were the beer drinking, joint smoking, rat fucking, like match of the night having dudes that you were like, oh my god, they're so cool. Like like I remember my buddies came to a show and they popped so huge that they were like, we got to smoke with the backseat boys. And I got higher than giraffe pussy and then had to put up the cage because Claddy got knocked the fuck out. And then Oman had to take him to the hospital. Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> so I suppose for me personally coming up around that time, I did not find that as cool because I was a little straight edge kid. I was like 18, 19. <laughs> Time out, time out. That's right, people. Let him tell you. This is the Colin I met, which was nerdy little boy who was like, oh, no, no, partying's horrible. They're all bad people. Oh, yeah, yeah, tell us more, Colin, tell us more. <laughs> so I, I, for me specifically, I did not think they were the coolest of the cool. I mean, I thought they were great. I, I, I enjoyed watching them, but the, the other parts didn't really... Uh, stand out to me as making them cool. I believe that me and Jimmy got paid in Lucha masks that show. Oh, I don't know. I remember I, I got paid, but I remember we got to, we got paid eventually. So they were like, Oh, you and the rest of special K guys go to Johnny's house down the street. And, you know, 
smoke things and wait till we get there, then we'll come pay you. And like DeVito was off hanging out with them doing adult things. And it was like, I was sent off with a special K kids and like, oh, Jack Evans put so much goddamn tobacco in a joint. It was the grossest thing ever. <laughs> so uh, I, I tell this, I tell this story as uh, a, a positive to a degree. Um, so I'm going to tell it anyways. I wasn't going to, but so I wrestled the backseat boys. It was me and Jimmy against the backseats against the ring crew express. And Trent acid was a bit, let's say under the weather. Uh, gotcha. He was literally asleep against like a heater in the locker room for the entirety of calling this match. Like, I'm not kidding. I kept saying to, Johnny would call his things and be like, Oh yeah. Then Trent will do blah, blah, blah. Then we'll do blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> and Trent is nowhere to be found. He is sleeping in the other room. So it is like match time. And Trent gets woken up and gets into gear. And I am terrified because I know for a fact, this man was not a part of putting this match together. And we go out to the ring and he doesn't miss a single beat. <laughs> there is one point in the match where he starts walking away and somebody grabs him and tells him what's going on. And he comes right back in and goes right back to it. It was the craziest thing I've ever been a part of. Dude, I know it was a bad demise and a bad ending, but oh, he was so cool. Like, I remember just hanging out with him after shows and stuff. I'm like, you know, doing smoking things, blah, 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 whatever. But, you know, I mean, it was just cool. He was of every dude. Like, Johnny was cool as shit. I remember we went to go uh, – we were going to meet Z-Bar in Philly to go do a Mid-South show out in Illinois or whatever. I didn't know. Oh, he lived with Johnny Cash. He's like, oh, come right in, guys. Hey, what's up? Coolest dude ever. Treated me like, you know, anything. Got to do whatever I want in this house. Had a great time. Like, they were just both great guys. Sorry, I just want to do that aside because, yeah, I don't know. I just thought, if not you, I know me and other people thought, oh, my God, Backseat Boys were the coolest back in this era. No, and hanging out and, and being around them and, and, and working with them and whatever. And, like, once again, it was terrifying. But I, I was – I remember just being astounded that he he had – he just did it. He, he had the ability to just do it. Uh even in whatever state he was in, I was in awe of it back then. And I, <laughs> you know, I worked him a couple times and never ran into that. Or maybe I just didn't notice or was too naive or whatever. But no, I think I worked him once or twice. Once was at a ballpark brawl and I was pumped, but Johnny didn't come. It was him and I think Teddy Fine or whatever. But like, yeah, he put me and Marcos through a table. It was a good time. You'd have known if Trent was sleeping while you called the match, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I would have. But no, no, he was up for it. He was having fun. He was stealing the golf carts and driving everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when it, that's the thing. Uh, when the back seats were on, man, they were on. Man, they were untouchable. 2002, they both looked incredible. They were on top of the world at CZW, and CZW had a lot of eyes at that point. They were like, they were the hot team. Dude, the Big Japan match that I have on here, like, they're a big deal. They get super over, of course, with, like, the female fans and stuff in Japan. But, like, that match is great. Uh, true story, I believe it was on, like, one of my compilation VHSs, that match, because it was just super wacky. And I'll always remember it. And I think I still – I think when I say this phrase, I'm stealing it from this. Trent does a moonsault off the balcony – and, of course, he always did the crookedest-ass moonsaults. And they kind of barely caught him, and he lands all on his hip. And clear as day, you just hear him, like, hit the floor and go, fucking assholes. <laughs> and, like, it just blew my mind that, like, oh, you could just curse, like, in the middle of matches when you're mad. And I was like, I've definitely done that in my day now. But, like, yeah, sometimes I feel like when I've used that phrase, I vividly remember and i watched the match again i go oh he's gonna moonsault and he's gonna curse watch and he goes splat and he curses loud as hell <laughs> and it, you said it was men's teo and jun kasai yep. and they do some crazy stuff like of course because it was a big i think it was at budokan if i think right i think it's budokan it's not kirk and like the little small one it's the big building and they, yeah Trent does a dive out of the thing. Um, oh, my God. Jun Kasai tries to do the splash. But I'm going to break the table, land on Johnny, who's underneath the table. And, of course, it doesn't work. Of course, it doesn't. They do some funny spot where uh, 
uh, men's tail as a banana on a string and makes uh, Jun Kasai like run up the ladder, up the corner post, and then dive onto the backseat boys and stuff. But then eventually they win. They hit the acid driver, you know, the the front, the guys, that kind of iconic class, but he throws them into the ladder cutter gimmick, which was always cool. And they won. Why? Because they were super over in Japan. I think Trent had the junior belt for a while. Like, even after the CCW thing kind of broke off, I think they had to do something weird because they were like, no, no, we don't want to take it off him. Like, we like him. Yeah. No, yeah, he was at CCW. He was walking around with it uh, at times. And I think he would def- – like, that's what I'm saying. He was wrestling twice a lot of those nights. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because once – well, it was also super early in CCW where it was like they only had like 16 guys or whatever. So it was like, oh, you have a singles match. Then later you come back for a tag match. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. We're getting sidetracked and left-tracked and right-tracked. and But let's get down to brass tacks here. Okay. What made the Backseat Boys so great? Okay. I thought about it, and here's what I got. In an era where teams, anybody, singles, tag, whatever you were in, was being pigeonholed, they couldn't be. You know what I mean? Because everybody thought, oh, they're super over in CZW, so they must be blood and guts guys. And you're like, no, they're absolutely not. Like, they wrestle. And then if you think, then you're like, oh, then they're spot monkeys. They do the million match moves and match like the SAT and stuff. You're like, yeah, they can. But then you watch them on these family-friendly shows, and they're doing shtick all the live long day. Like, it was amazing because, you know what I mean, in this time, you were either a hardcore guy or a spot monkey or a technical wrestler. You know what I mean? Everybody was in this pigeonhole, but they weren't. They were able to do it all. So I think what made them great was just so uh, at their essence, their confidence and their charisma and their like presence of who they were is what made them great. And then you add on the fact that they were both really, really, really good wrestlers and really good as a team but it, like anybody can be really good at wrestling and anybody can be really good as a tag team, but they had this confidence about them. They had this, this charisma that you just couldn't deny that like, whether you knew who they were or not, they, they are, they're those guys. Uh, it's like the difference between like getting over or, or being over. They could, they okay. could get over anywhere. They brought this up in the shoot interview. They go, this is our legacy. We're the first group, whatever, duo ever to walk out, open our pants, and girls put money in it. And I was like, that's how you know you're fucking over. Like, okay, that gimmick was so over at that time, I had girls put money down my pants on entrances. (laughs) It was the same girls. They just liked doing it. But regardless, like, these guys, like, it's crazy. You watch them, like, one of the cage of deaths, like, and John, like they do it, then like Trent's cutting a promo, and Johnny's literally counting out like actual money. Like by the time they get out there, they've both got you know, and they've made it. They've made more than probably Eric the Towel Boy made on the show. You know what I mean? Just from their you leave Eric Tuttle alone. <laughs> okay, I was just, but you know, what I mean, I was thinking CCW who's the lower card guy. But you know what I'm saying? Like that, they just go, "That's our legacy. We're the first team ever to be so over that we got chicks putting money down our pants." And I was like, they really were. And, and and it was so over that they did for other people. Like even a lowly little jabron like me would have it every now and then. Yeah, it was it it was crazy. And to watch it, I I remember being at some of those shows and watching it go down and just being like in awe, like holy crap! I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, and all these creepy milfs like molesting them on their entrances and stuff. You know, it was Philly. Things got crazy. <laughs> yeah, the arena in Philly. All right, so. We both have wrestled these gentlemen. How would we defeat the Backseat Boys? Uh, A, it would just be super fun, especially now. I feel like we probably would mesh super well. I think, okay, like I had said earlier, Johnny tends to be the crazy one. So we got to take him out with something crazy and then just try and hope and out. Like, and then we just got a two-on-one, Trent. You know what I mean? Like, it's just got to be logistics. Like, yeah, he's probably the Sean of the team, but it's too odd. Yeah, we gotta we gotta coax Johnny into the. You know, he's always got that wild hair up his ass. We gotta make him be like, oh, look at that barbed wire. Be like, come on, you know, you want to charge me, and then just move and let him eat shit. Uh, so 
I thought that when they act like they're going to leave, we just let them. <laughs> we, How dare we you. just hang back and are like, all right, I guess we'll, I guess we'll win this match then. Oh, you, you're not going to wrestle tonight in front of these J-Bros that they, because, because no one here was tag team champions in Japan and you guys deserve better. Yeah, no, we agree. You should yeah, leave. I, that's fine. That's fine. We're cool with it. See you guys. You know what? You made a point. You, you have a point there. We agree. <laughs> so there's that. But also, so uh, yeah, when I was watching it, they usually are, they do a lot of uh, double wipeout, like Johnny and somebody will wipe out, and then Trent and somebody will do uh, back forth, but then Johnny slides in to get the, the, the finish. So, yes, and that's kind of what we were talking about, but we would have to like make sure that that goes uh, our way. Yeah, we could We can't that. let Johnny slide. We we have to make sure he's he's well gone. We also need to avoid weapons. They're real, they're good with their weaponry. Yeah, that baseball bat, that random baseball bat that Johnny Cashmere would come out with. Baseball bat, what are you talking about? They really pull out a ladder for no reason. Well, or they love to make those chair table gimmicks. Okay, yeah, we need to let them do that because their their percentage isn't high. <laughs> they are successful, but not highly successful. Okay. <laughs> I can I can get with that. You know what I mean? I'll lay down on all the chairs. I'll just got to make sure I got to move at the last second. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm I'm with that. I'm with that idea as well. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think we're good. And then here's the thing. What I like is they also have a lot of double teams. We also have a lot of double teams. We can go that. We can go bang. We can go you know boom for boom, tit for tat. If they yeah. want. I think we could still outlast. Man, they have got a lot of fun double teams, and they just invent moves. I think on the spot. And I mean, come on, let's let's give a little respect to the tea gimmick. I mean, everybody and their mothers tried to steal it, but these mothers, they created it. Yeah. I remember when I wrestled the Bludgeon Brothers on SmackDown, they were telling me what the move was, and I was just like, I've taken a tea gimmick before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm trying to think. I don't think I have. I don't think I have. Because other people have stolen it too, but I was like, no, I don't think I haven't taken it from anyone ever. Oh, I have. A couple times. Okay, so then you can take it, and I will continue to avoid it, and I I will win. Great, great. I'm still I'm still on board with letting him walk away, though. Okay, yeah, yeah, that works. Too. <laughs> All right, we've done it, backseat boys in the books. Oh, a fun romp through our early days in wrestling. And I'm almost to the end of this notebook. I have like probably, oh man, uh, less than ten pages left in this thing. Oh, yeah, I meant to bring it up. I had to get a new one because the, the other notebook, I also doubles as a, a another notebook for other things. So I was like, all right, I just need to get another one anyway. So, yeah, I'm already on a, on a whole other notebook of notes. Wild. No, I made sure that this one, I, I, it's in the beginning, there was some other stuff in it, uh, some other notes from matches and whatnot. But since we started doing this, I, I made sure that it's just this now. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm running running out of pages. That's what I did. I got a new notebook, and it's just for wrestling stuff. Uh, uh, it's like a what two subject, and the other one I'm 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 retranscribing with my uh, all my matches because I still have them all down in various spots. And oh, I'm getting carpal tunnel from That's it. That's wild. That's literally insane to me. I, I at one point I tried to do it, but it was already so late in the game that I was like, I could never figure out where what all these matches are. Oh no, no I did it early, and then it started getting tough just to write it down. So then I eventually had like a notebook and then like a word pad on my computer. And I was like, all right, I need to like combine them now. Whew. All right. Well, uh, now, yeah. Now, as I, the funny thing is, as I'm going through it, I am also looking up tag teams too. Well, right. Uh, I don't, I don't have any thoughts on next week, but maybe we go international in some way, shape or form. Yes, or <laughs> I think combined, I think we have the resources. I did think, I was like, you know, there are quite a few Dun & Marcos matches. <laughs> wow. I, I, we can't do backseats followed by Dun & Marcos. We got to. Oh, no, no. But as I was watching that match, I was like, okay, there's this one. I go, I got a couple other ones that they have. And then I go, oh, we've got all like their Rochester stuff available. <laughs> I'm still trying to get you to do disorderly conduct one of these days. How dare you? One of these days you'll bite just so everyone knows, uh, Cheech's reasoning when I brought it up was that we're supposed to be doing good tag teams on this show. 
Yeah. Put a little respect exactly. on Mean Mike and Tough Tom. Um, you also said you did a preliminary dive and it didn't look too did promising. Look too promising. <laughs> exactly. So you people need to help us and help us think of some teams that maybe are and we don't have to deal with this being peacocked and networked and all this stuff. It's yeah, it's gonna be a chore. But we'll figure out someone to do. We'll 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 roll through the the brain. We, backseat boys is a lot of fun, and uh, and I feel like we've 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 got enough uh, in the tank to hold us over for a couple weeks till maybe Peacock uh, gets its uh, act together a bit. Yeah, no, no, I'm still I'm still positive we'll be good. But yeah, it'll just be a little different. But once again, this was fun. I thought this was a great curveball of being like, oh, let's go back to our indie roots. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then next week, uh, next week, who knows, but we'll, uh, we'll find out. You guys will find out probably, uh, shortly after we find out. And until then, adios.